Hi, neighbors. Welcome to the Praise and Broship podcast, where two deconstructed best friends deconstruct praise and worship music and other forms of Christian and secular media. As former praise and worship musicians, we will try our best to bring unique, insightful, and hopefully lighthearted conversations to you each week. My name is Luke, and I'm joined by my best friend, CJ. We are coming to you from Louisiana, Florida. I am in Florida. CJ is in Louisiana. Hey, guys. What's up? So before we get to the music, we will check in with each other each week just to see how we're doing. Uh, in our first segment, How's Your Walk? So, CJ, how's your walk? Oh, man. This, uh, this past week has been crazy, crazy. Work was normal. I think I talked about it in a previous episode. We've, we're starting to get our house ready to put it on the market to sell it. And that's a, quite an undertaking, probably more than I <laughs> thought that it was going to be. We just kind of went through the whole house, the closets, uh, and, and really downsized things, started boxing things up that we really didn't need to access like winter clothes. I mean, we're in the South, man. It's, we don't need any hoodies or, or sweatshirts right now. So we boxed a bunch of stuff up. We put it in our storage unit. And it's one of those things where I love the fact that the house is clean and neat and there's not a bunch of clutter and the closets are all emptied out for the most part but man it was tough going there for a few days i didn't think we were going to get done before the uh the photographer for our realtor came today on monday the day of recording took pictures of the house you know professional grade pictures and so uh, i think we're shooting for a listing date of june the first so we got about another week before it actually goes the house goes on the market but we got it all done and it feels good just to be have a more simplified layout of the house more minimalistic but it was rough it was it was a tough week how, how about you man uh well i showered and shaved for this podcast oh nice uh, well i'm sure the viewers I, appreciate it <laughs> i showered and shaved for other reasons but uh this time it was specifically so that i can look good for you cj but uh other than that i'm good one of my co-workers is leaving in a month hmm. so last week i was doing a lot more of stuff that i don't normally do which was stressful right because i work in i work in an environment where i can't really make mistakes because i mean Mistakes happen, but it's it's kind of a big deal when mistakes are made. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, you know, by the end of the week, I was getting used to it and more comfortable. Still stressful, but not not as nerve wracking as it was at the beginning of the week. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I I did mow the lawn this morning, so I feel like I'm getting drainage. And I, as I'm getting yeah. older, allergy allergies are happening more. I used to never have allergies seasonally, but mowing the lawn, man. So if I sound weird. Or if I make weird noises, I apologize. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time trying to get my audio right. It's so frustrating. Yeah, I, my I, audio. <laughs> I thought maybe my we audio. could mention that uh, just to bring it up. We do know that there are some issues with the audio, and this it's is so just frustrating. this is just proof that Satan does not want us to make this podcast, man. Oh yeah, he's throwing everything in our way. <laughs> no, or maybe but, God doesn't want us. Oh yeah, <laughs> well that's true. It could be either one. But we're, but yeah, we're trying I, to get I, them I sorted out. I bought a new interface that came with a mic and a new mic cable. I've tried different USB ports. I've tried different settings. I've tried different mic positions. I've tried, oh man, I've got a blanket in front of me to try to help with the uh, with the echo, which I think it is from my audio checks. Man, it's frustrating. I want it to sound good for you guys. 
so I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm, I'm learning. I have not done anything like this before. So yeah, that's, that's kind of been my week. Well, before we uh, get to the next segment, I just wanted to say this to you specifically, Luke, but I think it's important for the listeners to kind of get an idea of our relationship. You know, when we first started the podcast a few weeks ago, when we first started recording episodes and getting getting used to that uh, feel. Yeah, it's been over a month, actually. Yeah, I think yeah. about it. Uh, we were we were really communicating a lot and talking a lot, not just about the podcast, although that was a, a big uh, topic, but just I just feel like the last couple of weeks, man, we just haven't really been talking much. And I know that that's my fault. Uh, it's a two way street, but man, life has just been crazy. So I just, I hate when I feel that way in our friendship and, and it's happened before. It's not just, this is the first yeah, when, time it's when ever you had happened, a kid, but, I mean, geez, right. right yeah. There, <laughs> there have been circumstances, whether it's, you know, having kids or just work taking over or selling a house, whatever the case is, buying a house for you guys re- more recently. But I just, I don't know. just wanted to bring that up, man. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, our our friendship is is at the place where it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. You know, we right we go through periods where we don't talk very much, but then when we start talking again, we just drop right back in, and it's like that period of time. Yeah, for sure. You know, sure. it's like neither one of us take offense because we're both in our thirties, mid to late thirties. So we we understand. Like I'm I'm bummed yeah. that we don't that we don't talk as much or hang out as much as we do, but we live in different states, different time zones, mm-hmm. and we're adults. <laughs> yeah, so we have other things going on. So I, I do I do like that we don't have to go through any kind of obligatory pleasant pleasantries, right? Yeah, in order to get back in it, we can just drop back in it, and it's like nothing. nothing and ever and happened. anyone who has that kind of friendship with with someone knows what we're talking about, and so. Hey, if you haven't talked to your best friend in a while, uh, shoot them a text right now and and see how they're doing. Okay. And tell them a podcast told you to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe give us a shout out while you're at it. The next segment is our praise and worship song or our Christian song. Luke chose a Christian song for us this week and he's already, he hasn't told me what it is. I have no idea, but just based on our interaction in the very beginning before we press record, I think I'm going to like it or not. Mm, I can never tell. I'll never tell. So, (laughs) but I did give you a clue that I forgot to do a word count. Right, and then he did it really like crazy fast. So this has me a little more on the worried side. Yeah, I shouldn't have said anything. It was funny in the moment, <laughs> but it gave you too much of a hint on word count. Yeah, I, yeah, maybe so. Uh, well, I you still know what? Have no I'm idea. gonna pick another song. Hold oh, on, give me okay, a second. Hang on, hang on. I'm kidding. No. Okay, so uh, so Luke, what's our Christian song for this week? <laughs> I oh man, so I. The last couple of, of Christian know. songs that I that, that I picked, I picked songs that I actually liked, that mm-hmm. I thought were good songs. Hmm. So I'm, I I didn't want to keep doing that because I have other songs that I really want to talk about because I actually like them, but I wanted to intersperse it with songs that we could actually critique and and criticize 
yeah, I'm beating around the bush because I'm I'm procrastinating to get to the song because <laughs> you're gonna oh man the anticipation is killing me. Open the eyes of my heart. Oh no. Yep, that's what I was I thinking. Knew your was reaction coming, would be. Man. Look, last uh, last episode, you, you you said I rolled the eyes of my heart, and I oh my god, I, knew, that I forgot was the that I said funniest that funniest thing in the world. So this is just perfect. It's perfect. I I forgot that I said that. Wow, that's funny. All right, it must y'all. have been in my mind. Uh, so the we'll get into this later, but the version that I picked is uh, Paul Baloche. Paul Paul Balak. B-A-L-O-C-H-E, Paul mm. Baloch, Baloch. Okay. He is the, orig- he is the original writer of the song, uh, and I'll talk more about that when we get to the other side. All right. So we're going to take a listen to Open the Eyes of My Heart, Paul Baloch, and you guys can do the same. Check the show notes, click the link, give the song a listen, and meet us back here in a few. Welcome back, neighbors. Uh, we just listened to Open the Eyes of My Heart by Paul Baloche. And before we really get into the the main topic of the song, CJ, what is your what are your thoughts on this song? Initial thoughts. Well, so before we started listening to the song, once he told me what it was, I kind of grabbed my guitar and said, I wonder what the chords are. And then I realized, oh yeah, I played this song a hundred times. It was probably this song actually was one of the first songs that I learned how to play that really standard like E, A, C sharp minor B. Oh, it wasn't because it wasn't because it was a challenge that you wanted to accomplish? (laughs) It was just because so many praise and worship songs were like that. And once I learned, I mean, C sharp minor is a, is a bar. So once you kind of learn those bar chords, it's, it opens up a lot of other songs and a lot of other different types of music you can play. Uh, so I, I just, a lot of memories came flooding back and I don't know how I feel right now. I kind of have the jitters. Really? It's a weird, yeah, it's a weird I don't even know how to explain it, man. I don't know if if I drank too much coffee today, which is entirely Are possible. You triggered? Or maybe so, maybe so. You're just, just unsettled. I'm feeling a little weird. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a uncanny kind of feeling because I haven't listened to that song, which is becoming a recurring theme in some of these classic praise and worship songs we're doing. But I haven't listened to that song in ages 18 years something like that give or take wow i don't really know what to say right now honestly please talk (laughs) (laughs) uh okay so uh this song was written by paul belosh like i mentioned before but it was made famous by michael w smith yes yeah Mm -hmm. which we, we mentioned this in a previous episode where we talked about how a lot of the praise and worship songs had three or praise and worship leaders. Musicians had three names, right. Michael W. Smith, Stephen Curtis Chapman. I know there's more, but I can't think of them right now. It does kind of remind me of serial killers, John Wayne Gacy <laughs> and the like. And it's, it's like they're, they're killing the idea of music. 
What, when did the when was this song originally released, man? Do you have that info? Uh, I want to say I do have it. Let me find it. It was like I want to say two thousand one. That seems a little late, actually. Really? Oh no, two, uh, released in the year two thousand. Two thousand, man. I would have. I I could have sworn it I feels was like we've. That. Well, no, it I feels guess. like we've always known it, right? Right, and I guess <laughs> yeah, I had. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing this in high school, so that when you first said 2001, it, it confused me. But I mean, obviously that yeah, we're older than we think we are. I was in high school from '99 to '03, just to age myself to the listeners. So yeah, that that's that's about right. That's about when I started playing in praise and worship bands. So that makes sense. Uh, okay, CJ. Mm. Here, 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 here's the reason why everybody comes to listen to this podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna get CJ to. Guess the word count in, a, in our segment, our mini game called What's, what's the, the word? word? So, CJ, what's the word? Okay. So, the refrain repeats and repeats and repeats. Uh, the I don't even know what's a chorus and what's a verse. I almost in think we song. should do just like a gut check. You know, like we can't talk like no, but... no, no. Well, no, yeah, you're, you're probably right about it. I'm just, I'm just visualizing the. <laughs> Like three lines of of text that this song because yeah has if, if we if we think about it too much we could almost count it in our heads I, okay. I think it should be okay from I'm, here on out I think it should be a gut check I'm gonna say mm, thirty eight words ooh you're close uh, forty two um, no wrong way no. okay yeah it, uh, the, the it's the age of Jesus thirty three is what I counted <laughs> the age of Jesus. <laughs> 33 title. okay i was that episode was close. title that was that is probably the first and maybe only time i will ever overshoot a praise and worship word count this is i think our lowest so far it's yeah. gonna be hard to beat that yeah i Although think i think, I think I before have. this the lowest was like in the 50s uh I'd, yeah i'd have to go back and look at notes but yeah definitely the lowest for sure wow 33 words it would have been 32, but one one part it says, uh, you, as we sing holy, 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 and then the in the last verse, I believe, it says we cry holy, holy, holy. Oh, okay. So that, that gave it an extra word. That put it at the, at the Jesus number. <laughs> oh, man. So let's – I don't know where you want to go with this discussion. Well, I, I, I wanted to say I did a couple of hours of research on this song. Oh, wow. Be, and not about the artist uh not not you know yeah i i was trying to do what i've been doing and, and try to dig into the bible and theology with it this verse comes from ephesians 1 18 hmm. which says so I'll actually i'm, I'm going to read a few verses before and a couple verses after it won't mm-hmm. take me long uh but i'm going to preface it with so paul is talking to the church in ephesus and, and he's really just lavishing them with praise about the gospel, preaching the gospel, mm-hmm. sharing the gospel, uh, living the gospel. Starting in verse 13 of chapter 1 of Ephesians, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the of Holy Spirit. Wait, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Eh, same, mm-hmm. same translation, basically. Uh, who is the guarantee of our inheritance? until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards the saints, 
I do not cease to give thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers, and the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give the, the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly places, far above the rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one that is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him and gave him as head over all things to the church, which his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. That last line kind of leads into a potential another <laughs> praise and worship song. But yeah, th this this book seems to be a lot about the Holy Spirit, God, and the Son. There's a lot of a trinity. Oh, yeah. You know, this is where mm. the Catholic Church developed the idea of the trinity. And, and it's a lot about how the, the, the church comes to be, what we know of as the historical and modern church. Mm -hmm. This, you know, the, the book of Ephesians has a lot of where that's pulled from. Right, but the, this song is just fluff. <laughs> it doesn't, it, you know. It, they, yeah. they, they, he could have gone so much more into how the church should act and be and treat one another, and not only one another but treat the other. You know, as in those who aren't in the church. He he takes a few words from one line that is about something so much bigger, and, and it's just it almost seems selfish. Actually, mm. you know, open the eyes of my heart. But what what do you I don't what do you what does he want to do with that? Right. You know, I, I sang this so many times in, in one listen when I was a kid because it repeats over and over and over. Yeah. Mm. But I, I don't think I ever thought about what it meant. I just was going through the motions, even though at the time my projection, I, I wanted to be a preacher, but I never really thought about what I was saying, what I was singing. I just wanted to be the best Christian, and I thought the best the best Christian that I could be meant that I would be a pastor. Right. And that, that was the direction that I took with that. So open the eyes of my heart. Man, uh, something that Rob Bell has said that I think is really impactful is people... Hey, Freddie. Uh, that's my cat, Freddie. We're going to get a bell to ding every time that happens. He, uh, if, you're, if you're playing the drinking game, take a shot. Yep. Uh, so yeah, my cat is named Freddie after Freddie Mercury because he had he's a black and white cat and he's got a big old Hitler mustache right in front of his face. So anyway, sorry, I got distracted. What was I saying, Freddie? Oh, you you started talking about Rob Bell. Oh yeah, so I'll take that again. So something that Rob Bell that I heard Rob Bell say that was really impactful is you know people will say oh I only care about God's truth. Well, and he, and he would say, well, what is God's truth? If God is the creator of the universe and God created the laws of physics that dictate what happens in the world and he created us and how we interact with each other, isn't all truth God's truth? So, so if you find something that is true, isn't that God's truth, regardless of whether it lines up with what you believe? Hmm. Yeah, I, this song... We've talked about we've talked about it in previous episodes, and I've had issues with songs that really don't seem to have any movement to them. 
no mm. call to action. And obviously yeah. that's what we have in this song, but I will use your argument uh, in, in those previous uh, moments that th this would be a great, this song, I think in the right part of a worship service is probably you useful as like a meditation tool. In yeah. other words, if you, if you put this at the very beginning of a worship service and you put this song right there at the beginning, the very first song, it can, it can get people in the right frame of mind. It can maybe be a cleanser for the, for them to come in, to sing this song and be ready to worship and hopefully sing something after that with more depth and something that, that is going to be effective and, and call them to an action, call them to move for God and not just meander in this same meditation, which I don't think there's anything wrong with the song as it is for that purpose. I just, like you said, like we've said many times, it's just fluffy and there's no real substance here. It's almost for me, it's almost difficult to, to talk about really much of anything other than if we can just fixate on a word or a short phrase in the song to talk about because there's just not a lot of depth here and, mm -hmm. and there's not a ton of meat here to, to dive into. But I think in, the, in its proper context, this chord progression is, is effective. The, the words are circular and you can just sing it forever. That was what a four and a half minute song. Yeah. And did I say this already, but I, I picked this one because the Michael W. Smith song was like 45 seconds longer because they just kept repeating the Holy, Holy, Holy. Oh yeah. And see, that's refrain. the version that I remember is just like the music kind of, kind of dips down. And I'm sure just I've doing sang this holy, in church holy, for 10 holy. minutes. Oh yeah, for sure. But that the chord structure is just a one, five, four, five. It's in the key of E the, um, dude, again, I don't know what's a chorus and what's a verse in this song. So <laughs> the, I'm just going to call the, to see you high and lifted up as the chorus that yeah. switches to a five, six, four, five with that C sharp minor in the, uh, I'm sorry, not a six chord of well, yeah, yeah, no, it's a six chord. Anyway, that that c sharp minor in there yeah but it's this was every almost every praise and worship song i could literally grab my guitar right now and play at least 10 songs off the top of my head that use the same chord progression and um even some some non-praise and worship songs and also some pop some secular songs uh also i think you should chord do it progression do it right now coward <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I, I'd end up just playing Wonderwall. So, um, <laughs> but you know, I like the imagery in the song. Open the eyes of my heart. The the I want to see you thing. That that kind of stood out to me. This this concept of seeing God. Now I know that it's this song is not talking about that literally. At least, it, yeah, at it least would kill in them. you know, open the eyes of my heart that tells me that it's probably not a literal sight thing, but yeah, like Exodus in Exodus. Yeah. Moses uh, on the, on, could only see his back. Otherwise yeah, seeing the yeah. fullness of God would kill him. And, and there's and that whole mushroom trip that he went on several examples in the Bible, including in John chapter one, later in uh, John chapter one, verse 18, 
uh, John says, uh, no one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. So in other words, Jesus has made God known, but no one's ever actually seen God, the Father, because you can't see him. And it's a pretty consistent... It's pretty consistent through the Bible. Like Jacob wrestles with God, but it's more but like it's an also, angel yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, it, it, it it's a makes very it seem surreal like more thing. of an angel, yeah. Yeah, and in the Psalms, um, Psalm 27, this is actually one of my favorite uh, Psalms. It says, uh, t- uh, Psalm chapter 27, verse 8 and a little bit of 9. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. So I really like the the aspect of of seeking uh, this. The, and, and it's a running motif, a running theme in the Bible of seeking God, seeking God's face. But you're asking God not to turn from you, like basically like He did Moses. You can only see me from the back. My, you cannot look at look at my face. So anyway, I, I just think the aspect of seeing God, of looking at God, if which is impossible, but uh, you know, this physical, these physical attributes that we give God are just a way for us to understand. These are metaphors, yeah, for us say, to exactly. try yeah, to metaphor personify and anthropomorphize God when God is not... Because it's the only way we can understand something that is supernatural and ethereal like that. Yeah, How how are we supposed to understand the fullness of God? If anyone says that they know God, that they know who God is, that they know God exists, that they know the will of God, they're lying. Oh, yeah. Because if they understand their God, it's not God. Because it's... God is not... God should not be defined within some box that you that Mm -hmm. you believe because what you believe is a product of your environment and your upbringing and and that's how big god is to you come on right and and (laughs) that's ridiculous i'm reminded of a lyric from one of my favorite bands ever as cities burn they have a song where uh the singer says i think our god isn't god if he fits inside our head and that's really basically what you get when you get these metaphors and these these uh, attributes that we assign God in the Bible or or even just in everyday life, not just what's in the Bible. When we personify God and we put a physical nature to God, we're limiting it. We're limiting it, but but it's it's the only way that we can really talk about God is yeah. in metaphor. And, exactly. And that's okay. That doesn't that doesn't make God any smaller. That, yeah, that if anything that makes yeah. it makes the the divine so much bigger because all we can do is speak of it in uh, these terms and these metaphors that we have to we have to try to try to boil them down, uh, but that's all we can do. Yeah, and and that's the idea of the creation story. It's a metaphor. It's a poem. Poems aren't literal. They're art. Right. They're meant to represent something, not be the thing. Mm-hmm. And so to try to speak of God in concrete terms is blasphemous. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, you know, it's not a good thing because you, there's, you know, Christians will say, oh, our minds can't comprehend the greatness of God. But then they try to rein that, rein that idea in and, and define God in concrete terms. And they're, 
hypocrites. They, yeah. they, they can't do that. Like they try to do it. They try to play both sides of the fence and you can't do that with something that you believe is beyond your comprehension. And then you define it in concrete terms. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I and don't well, understand. And I think, yeah, no, I agree with you, but I also definitely see the side of Christians using Jesus as, as basically that filter through which they can kind of diffuse the, the, the gigantic aspect of the divine and, and diffuse it and filter it through Jesus so that we can understand at least some of the things that are God, because Christians believe that Jesus is God, that he is uh, part of the Godhead, the Trinity. And so because of that, they are able to understand God through a personal relationship with, with Jesus. Now that doesn't mean they can understand everything. And again, like you said, if they do think that, then they're, they're just kind of full of it. They're hypocritical in that respect. But I, you know, I see both sides of it. I see merits for both ways of viewing it, whether it's through that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you can have knowledge of God, albeit a very tiny amount. But I also see the side of stop trying to put God in a box. That's not how this works. Um, yeah. he, the, well, God can't be, can't be boiled down to essential elements. Well, think about it like this. Jesus only taught in parable which is a story, a metaphor, not something that literally happened, but right. an example of, of what happens in life. Mm-hmm. And that's how he taught about the divine. That's a good point. So if you want to try to confine God to a box, the incarnation of God itself in, your, in, in the Christian worldview of Jesus, he only talked about God in metaphor. Mm. I like so, that. That's a great. So, point. how do you how do you think that you know who God is concretely? Whenever God's own Son could only use symbolism, mm. the best way probably to go about that, even if you use the argument that you can know God and the divine through a relationship with Christ, you still are only getting small trickles of that. You're not getting the whole picture the whole image the whole being of the divine because it's just if you believe that god is who you say it is if god is the creator of everything then it's just not possible to know everything so you know some and you can maybe understand those things through metaphor and through parables and through a relationship with jesus but you're not going to know everything you're never going to know everything and sadly a lot of people think they can know everything about it which is interesting to me because there will be – I know that there are Christians who would say, see, scientists don't know what dark matter and dark energy is. Scientists don't know everything, blah, blah, blah. Well, why why would you trust them? They, they already claim to not know everything. Mm. It's like, but then you're claiming to know exactly what's going on. So <laughs> I don't understand. I, I guess I guess somebody uh, there are Christians who could justify that. It's like, oh well, I'm I'm trusting in God, so that's why I know they're trusting in science. That's why they what that's why they don't know. But come on, it, it, right. again, it's confirmation bias. I, yeah, yeah, and and man, the the world this worldview aspect of science and religion is going to come up in my song 
we're not there oh, yet. Oh, cool. I guess I, I don't know what all you're talking that about. But... I was even going to talk about that here. Yeah, but it's, it's it's just fun how that works out. But anyway, so we're we're there was something else that I forgot that I wanted to say, but we're pretty far away from the topic of the actual song. It seems well, maybe maybe not actually with the whole open the eyes of my heart. But my final thought is this guy who wrote the song was reading his Bible and thought, oh, that's a cool line. End of story. <laughs> that is probably really accurate, actually. Yeah, I, I think that this guy has, assuming churches are reporting their uh, royalties for the songs that they perform, I think this guy has probably made a lot off of this song and, and no, no shade on that man, go for it, yeah. you know, but I just, there's just nothing here other than a meditation. And I feel like that's useful. Like I said earlier, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not something that I want to put at a crucial part of a praise and worship set. I would want this song to go very first, if at all, if I'm going to put this song in, it's going to go first. And then I want that, those meat and potatoes. I want that, that really fleshy stuff that's going to move me toward something, whether it's closer to the divine or whether it's a call to action in the community, uh, a call to action in my own personal life or in my relationships or whatever, right? I need something else. This is just not enough. Don't put this song at the end of your praise and worship set. I disagree. It's not for that. I just, that's, that's my thought. I, I disagree with that. I actually think it belongs at the end because at the end of the praise and worship set is when that that's when the preaching starts. So you're, you're repeating this line, open the eyes of my heart, you know, getting your mindset oh. there so that you're ready to receive the word of God from the preacher. Oh, and well, to clarify, I meant like at the very end, like after preaching oh, and they okay. do like an invitation yeah, or seems, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we're on the same page there. Yeah. If you put it at the end. But but you made a good point with right before the sermon. That's that that can work. And I'm I would be totally okay yeah. with that. I just. But if you put it yeah. after the sermon and that's the last thing that you. Well, I guess maybe you're going out into the world with your eyes, the eyes of your heart open, but I just, yeah, it's probably not can... what the intention of the song was. <laughs> no, no. Hopefully you can see God out in outside of the church, oh, outside yeah. of your prayer that life was one of or the your things, closet where you pray. That was one of the things that I forgot I wanted to say is, you know, we talked about previously in one of the, uh, one of the other secular songs about seeing God and everything, you know? So when you say, I want to see you, and I want to see your face. It's the the face is the symbol of what that being is. Like when I look at you, I see your face, and I don't just see your face. I see our experiences together, our history together. Mm -hmm. You know what I believe your beliefs are, and how you act in the world, and all of our previous interactions are filtered through that. So when you're talking about seeing God's face, maybe that's what you know the song is talking about too. But at the Probably same, not. at the same. <laughs> At the same time, yeah, I think I think it just sounds good. Hey, and, can I and, can I ask you just a random off the wall question? Sure. Do you remember Do you remember the Hebrew word for face? Um, Come on, man! Oh, I know God. you got yes, the mnemonic it's, it's the tip for of my it. tongue. Uh, panim. 
Panim, yes, that's right. And how did we remember that when we first started taking Hebrew? When we were taking Hebrew, the words were so difficult for me. I had to come up. I, I had to come up with mnemonic devices for me to remember what they were. So this will probably. Hopefully, this is not the only time we talk about Austin Powers on this uh, on this podcast. It better not be. <laughs> it probably will. Actually, hopefully, it is the last time. But. Uh, when Dr. Evil in the second one is talking about Mini-Me and he, he says, oh, just look at that little punum. <laughs> and that's how I remembered Panim as face. Look at that little Panim. Look at that little face. What, what, oh what about remember? Uh, Zakar. <laughs> Zakar. I still remember it. Oh, my God. I still remember it. And literally the uh, all the there's not much here, but the, the the mnemonic device that I came up with for remember was remember, Zakar, as in Zakar. remember the car. <laughs> remember where oh you, my God. Remember where you, you know parked, what? I guess? I, never, I don't know. I mean, I obviously, I took a lot more Hebrew than you did after that, but I never, ever forgot those words. And neither did you, apparently. But <laughs> yeah. the, those silly mnemonics. I wish I could remember more, but that's so fantastic. Remember Zakar. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, I think I think we're done with this song. <laughs> I can't believe you made me do that again. Oh, man. That's so funny. Remember Zakar and look at that. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. All right, you guys. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> and when we get back, I'm going to play a game with Luke called Jesus or Jessica. Welcome back, neighbors. So we're going to play a little game that we play just about every week, we try to switch off our different segments. But this week is my segment, which is Jesus or Jessica. So I will read a lyric from either a Christian or praise and worship song or from a secular love song. And Luke has to try to guess based on that short lyric if the songwriter is speaking about Jesus or Jessica. So. Are you ready for this one, Luke? Nope. Oh, good. Me either. All right. Here is Here are your lyrics. I know when you're around because I know the sound. I know the sound of your heart. That's it? That's it. Hmm. Well, <laughs> if, it's a, if it's a love song, this is real creepy. <laughs> if it's... A Christian song, it kind of makes sense, but it's a little, it feels a little deep, a little too hmm. deep for a Christian song. So normally when it, when we've done these, I, I felt like it was really strongly, it could go one way or the other. Now I feel like, wow, it, it, it doesn't really feel, I don't know. It, it, hmm. <laughs> I got to try to trip you up a little bit, man. Could you, could you read the lyrics again? Sure. I know when you're around because I know the sound. I know the sound of your heart. I'm going to go with my gut. When I first heard it, I thought this. So I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to say Jessica. 
Damn it, man. I cannot make you miss one. Am I still? Oh, wow. Am I five for five? What is yes, that now? Yes. Take a victory lap, whatever. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a chalkboard up and tally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I was uh, not sure about that at all. Yeah, and this will be that lyric will be a good segue into our into my secular song, and I'll I'll mention it whenever we uh, do that in just a sec. But yeah, I I needed to go something that could go either way, like you said, and I man, I thought I could. It get really you. it really sounds like it should be a praise and worship song, but yeah. that's why I yeah. think that might be why I went with a Jessica. Mm. <clears throat> well. It almost you'll happened, get, you'll get me one day. Yeah, one day you, it'll and, happen. And then you'll get a mind, a mind and divine right one day. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, if anyone wants to send in some lyrics for the Jesus or Jessica segment or church signs or a made up church sign for mine or divine, you can always email us at praise and podcast at gmail.com. And that email will be in the show notes as well. Just make sure you put in the subject line what you're sending us so that the other person doesn't look at it and we can pass it along to that to the correct person, whether it's me or Luke, and we don't spoil any of the fun. So you can always send us lyric ideas or church sign ideas to our email. to our next music segment it is cj's week to pick a secular song so cj what is the song so i texted luke earlier in the week or last week really because we record on mondays usually and i said man i have picked out my secular song earlier than i've ever picked out a song before because i'm so indecisive whether it's praise and worship or secular songs and then after a couple of days, I realized, well, maybe I don't want to do this one just yet. And then I also realized a lot of my songs had been a little softer, a little slower up to this point. So I wanted to do something higher energy. And this initial song was that one. So I ended up sticking with it, even though I was bouncing around five or six different other songs. So we can get to those later. At least I have a kind of some backup plans there if I ever need them. But for this week, the song that I've chosen is Love It If We Made It by the 1975. Oh, you told me about this band. You introduced me to this band. Yeah, I, I love this band a lot. And this song was kind of a turning point, I think, for the band in terms of style and and stylistic choices. So we're going to talk all about that. But before that, we're going to listen to the song. You guys can do the same by going to the show notes and clicking on the link for Love It If We Made It by the 1975. We're going to listen and we'll meet you back here in just a sec. Howdy neighbors, CJ from the future here. Just wanted to give a quick content warning on this song. If you don't want to hear curse words or discussions about slavery, racism, or police brutality, you can skip this song and maybe just listen to our discussion on it. Back to the show. All 
All right, guys, welcome back. You just listened to Love It If We Made It by the 1975. And in our Jesus and Jessica segment, Luke, I said that this was kind of tied in because that was a lyric. Uh, The Sound of Your Heart was a lyric from a 1975 song. So I kind of wanted to make it topical. Anyway, so (laughs) there's a lot in this song, man. It's it's kind (laughs) of... Yeah. It's kind of all over the place in a good way and in a bad way. And I, I think you could argue, but what did you think just right off the cuff? So halfway through the song, I wrote this down as a note. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the music is like a blanket, but the lyrics are a minefield. <laughs> oh, okay. Like the music is very comforting. And like, I could see myself on a rainy day. If, if there was no lyrics there, the music would just be in the house, you know, and it would, feel good the music is Mm. really really comforting even though it's high energy but at the same time it's it's satisfying Mm -hmm. but when you dig into the lyrics it's like man every almost every word that you try to pick out to understand what he's saying it's there's a lot there (laughs) yeah there is you almost have to take it kind of in chunks otherwise you you can get lost in it and just a, a a note about the music so this was on their third record their third full-length record that came out in 2018 and their first two records are very pop driven they're very there's a lot of synth pop it's indie pop uh, indie rock as well they're they're definitely a rock band but they have this sound that they're taking from so many different influences and it's hard to replicate the way that they've meshed and melded all of these different influences together, whether it's that almost eighties kind of synth sound that you get mm-hmm. in the, in the background of this song or in that second chorus, uh, the second part of that second chorus where you have these really fun, uh, high kind of high frequency guitars. It sounds almost like Prince or, or Frampton or something like that. So they just use so many different influences that their sound is hard to replicate because they are basically taking so many stylistic choices and and putting them all together. And it becomes this amalgam of uh, just something that other bands can't quite get to in terms of sounding like this band. Yeah. One thing that stood out to me is the meter of the lyrics like the the that's the right word right like the yeah the cadence meter the, or something yeah, like the, yeah the 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 lyrics kind of blend like typically lyrics match the the measure of the music whereas this the lyrics blend over to different measures of of the music and yeah i guess i'm lacking the language but it, it again it's satisfying like the, mm, it mm-hmm. it works like it the the, the lyrics don't match the music, but it works. Yeah, and this was the first song. So so this was the third out the third full length album. They had never really done a song like this where where the lead singer Maddie uh, Healy has this kind of vocal energy where he's yelling and he sounds angry, mm. especially on the final verse. He sounds really angry. And so this song was really a gut shot to me because I had listened the hell out of the first two records. I mean, 
I ran those things ragged and loved them so much and, and really appreciated their style. And this song, while it still has that musical quality that I'd grown used to, his lyrical or his vocal performance rather on this song was just so different. And, and in fact, the lyrics were are very different too. He talks a lot about dating and relationships and being um, something, I don't want to say gay because he's not, or, or bisexual or something along those lines. What I'm not going to put a label on it, but he's been pretty outspoken about uh, his, his orientation. But th- this song really deals with uh, some political things and some social things that they really hadn't delved into at all up to this point. And then to bring this kind of vocal performance is absolutely incredible. And the song, literally two chords. It's A and B, A and B. That's it. It didn't feel like it. And over again. And we'll get into some of the changes that happen. Now that you say that, I hear it, but I... That did not stand out mm. to me. And, and there's like a there's a C sharp minor that they throw in there a couple of times, but it only happens a couple of times. And it's so it's such a quick little change. It's basically a bridge um, from the A to the B kind of. But anyway, <laughs> first line of the song, man, he just comes out swinging. Right. We're yeah. getting in a car shooting heroin. And he says we're saying controversial things just for the hell of it. He's just coming right out the gate, letting you know what he's going to be all about in this song. And he doesn't disappoint in that respect. The bars where he starts talking about black people. Um, <laughs> selling melanin and then suffocate the black men. Start with misdemeanors and we'll make a business out of them. Ugh. What a crazy... Okay, the lyrical content aside, that rhyme scheme is absolutely sick. And... Nasty, I believe, is your preferred adjective. Yeah, it's nasty, man. Uh, Anyway, he he actually has done a verified annotation of this song on Genius. So if any of you want to go check that out, you can. I'm not going to read all of what he says because he definitely types paragraphs and paragraphs about this song but i do want to concerning those two lines there about black men he said i'm not as educated as i would like to be on black american history you'll be really surprised by that as a white englishman i just thought that was (laughs) hilarious because they're from the uk so he know but you know what he might say he doesn't know a lot about black american history but Damn, if that's not bang on, dude, that is absolutely yeah. spot on. And I did have some notes uh, for I wanted to look up the stats for incarcerated black people, black adults. According to the Pew Research Center uh, in a study that they released in 2017, black people make up 12 percent of the adult population in the United States, but they make up 33 percent of the prison population in the United States. So there's a huge disparity there. And according to the study, the numbers have actually started to come down. I don't know if that's still the case, you know, five years removed from the study. And I did see something else that said that um, black adults are five times more likely, or they're, they're being incarcerated at five times the rate as white people. Uh, so, I think the biggest thing about this, these lines, and it's just two lines in the song. He took 
he made a really poor choice in 2020, shortly after the murder of George Floyd. And he tweeted about the killing of George Floyd shortly afterward. And in the tweet, he very, in his own words, tastelessly linked the music video to this song. And man, people ripped him to shreds. Like, this is not the time to promote your music. You shouldn't be doing this. And he deleted the tweet. He made an apology. Uh, and then like in a separate tweet, he linked the song again. And of course, the critics came out and started jumping on him. And then he just deactivated his Twitter after that. And I don't know if he's reactivated it. I'm not active on Twitter. But he did admit later, of course, it was tasteless. He knew at the time he probably did it just a gut shot reaction. I mean, these words, yeah. these words are important. People need yeah. to, to listen my, to it. But my when you said that, my my reaction was putting myself in his shoes is like, yeah, this is this is the shit that I've been talking about. So, yeah, because yeah. this album came out two but, years before that, before but, the before George Floyd's uh, murder. <laughs> But again, yeah, it's tasteless. But uh, it, like you said, a gut reaction. It's just he wrote a song that mentioned exactly that thing. Right. You know, and he I almost even envisioned that he wasn't trying to promote his band or his song. He was just saying, yeah, I've been talking about this and I'm a right. white man, okay. you know, so like white white people need to talk more about this so that other racist white people will will listen because they're not going to listen to the black people I, right and anyway. and you know the lyrics obviously they're true and they're raw and they're meant to elicit a, an emotional response but you know and he knows but that wasn't the time to promote your music yeah and, and not, I, yeah <laughs> not that not that he even needed to the the band at this point was huge they're still huge but they were they were massive, massive, massive at this point. He, and he I don't even know if he was trying to promote it. He was, uh, my interpretation, having no understanding of what happened with this band, because I don't know this band. You've mentioned them to me before, but I, maybe I'm giving them the, the benefit of the doubt and just saying like, yeah, we, we've been trying to talk about this kind of thing. And and he's he's always been very self-referential in his lyrics and in their, I think it's their most recent album. He has a line in a song that says, I took for being quiet during the election. Well, maybe that's fair, but I'm a busy guy. So he's he's basically saying like, oh, now y'all want my political opinion and you want you want me to talk about uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. It, but it's no wonder that he stayed quiet. Right. But what's interesting about this, and if you want to stick on these lyrics a little bit longer, we can. But I do want to look at the next couple no, of, I think we can move on the next few lines to two white guys <laughs> we can move on we can find out all the information access all the applications that are hardening positions based on miscommunication wow those lines were prophetic right because what happened to him he's accessing an application in Twitter he's giving you his position he has the information he knows what happened to George Floyd and it's it's so prophetic that he he received the backlash, and and the the well, next three I mean, lines are. I don't know if I would say prophetic. I think he might be commenting on what was happening at the time that just keeps happening, because of man, I'm going to sound like an old person, but because of social media. No, and I think that this 
social media is is such a huge part of this song. And yeah, and he says, "Oh, to he- heck with your feelings. Truth <laughs> is only hearsay." Well, yeah, and and so that that line is from. Um, Gosh, I always feel dumb trying to say this dude's name. Uh, Milo uh, Yiannopoulos, Yiannopoulos, whatever. Uh, he he said in one of his talks when a protester was interrupting him that facts don't care about your feelings. And he said, F your feelings. Um, so he's just basically quoting lines. I think I read somewhere that Maddie said that these these are not even his positions. These are just things that he's read. And it's like a stream of consciousness of mm-hmm. of quotes and, and things that he's read. He's not even giving his opinion on things necessarily, except on the chorus. But I do want to. Well, yeah, just real quick. I was going to say, like, that was my interpretation. Listen to the song is that he was just not necessarily devil's advocate, but just vocalizing ideas that are out there. Yeah. Not necessarily. Yeah. I, I didn't necessarily that's, think that they were his feelings. That's the gist of what he says about the song is it was just kind of a bunch of things strung together. Um, some, some creative liberties on his part, maybe changing some of the words, but basically just other people's ideas and thoughts and the state of the world. And that's why he kind of bounces everywhere between, you know, <laughs> what he's talking about. Yeah, it's almost satire. Yes, yeah, it's kind of farcical. In the sure. literal, in the literal definition of the word satire, mm. modernity has failed us. Right mm-hmm. before the the chorus and and at the end of every verse, this is the lyrical seam that ties this whole song together. So, what is he talking about when he says modernity has failed us? So, we, you know, I think we've studied this some in college. I know I did a good bit. I, I'm not sure about you and the classes you took, but. So you have pre-modernism, modernism, and post-modernism, right? And these are kind of the three main worldviews and how we've kind of functioned as, as a human civilization over the last however many thousand years. So I just want to give like a really quick and very condensed version of these three traditions and this is please don't think that I'm giving any kind of comprehensive thing. If you want to send an email about it and give us more information, that's cool. But I know that I'm really just kind of uh, grazing the surface and may, mainly just for the purposes of showing maybe what Maddie is talking about in this song. So first of all, you have pre-modernism and this is the worldview that says objective truth and authority comes from tradition and it comes from revelation via the divine, right? The supernatural is the primary architect in pre-modernism. Then you have post or you have modernism. According to modernism, authority comes from objective truth via science, logic, and reasoning. Think about the enlightenment. With modernism comes the belief that humans can be made perfect through the scientific method and scientific advancements. In other words, many um, that many thought that the, the modernist view uh, was, was the time in history where science could answer everything and it could make us a more evolved species. It would end war, it would end famine, it would end plagues and disease and all that stuff. Well, World War II showed, that, showed many people that the modernist view wasn't the be-all, end-all. So postmodernism arose from that. Postmodernist thought called into question the 
authorities and institutions of a bureaucratic moderate, uh, modernist society. So for postmodern society, truth and authority are only a matter of perspective and personal experience. So out of postmodernism, you have skepticism, you have pluralism. In other words, there are more ways to get to the top of the mountain, so to speak. And then you have relativism. Obviously, uh, there is no objective, absolute truth. And these, these came out of postmodern thinking. So with, mo with modernism, you had this decline in religion because science was supposed to be able to answer everything. Whereas postmodernism has now leaned back a bit more into religion, but in a more subjective form than pre-modernism because uh, there's, there's, there's the belief that nothing can be absolutely known and what you know is, is purely experiential. And there was more of an emphasis on the group, the community in postmodernism versus the individual in modernism. So that's just like a really condensed thing. But I think it's interesting that Maddie, the, the songwriter, is a self-proclaimed atheist. He mm -hmm. is he does not believe in God. But he's saying that science, modernity, logic, reasoning has failed us. And I just thought that that was really interesting. Maybe it's a jab at the fact that no age we live in is going to have all the answers. I know plenty of people today who are still in the pre-modern worldview. I know people who are modernists and postmodernists. I think I'm somewhere around postmodernism. But it, it's also a testament to the songwriter's openness to the spiritual or even religious aspect. He has said in interviews that, hey, look, I'm an atheist, but... I feel like I kind of envy religious people in some ways because they have this comfort because they have this belief in the divine. And yeah. uh, anyway, I just, modernity has failed us. I just felt like I need to give, get, you know, as watered down as a presentation as I could give because that line is so important through the whole song. He's talking about technology and he's uh, talking about uh, people dying and, it's basically saying that the age of reason, reason has not saved us. It's failed us. Uh, and I'd love it if we made it. So what do you, what are your thoughts? So to the listeners, my, my mic was still on and I have to keep, I have to keep reminding myself that it is an audio medium and nodding my head is not <laughs> a valid form of communication. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, man, I that's I really want to let you talk because I, I don't, didn't know I, I've heard yeah. postmodernism a lot and and there's but there's I didn't other quite levels know of what it. it meant that's just and the worldview I was aspect. trying yeah I was trying from the lectures that I've watched on YouTube I was trying to infer from context but I still didn't quite well and you have stuff it. like like uh, art right there's postmodern art. There's postmodern economics. Yeah. I was talking more of a general worldview, more philosophical aspect. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I read my 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 earlier note. The only other note that I wrote <laughs> uh, was on the the line "Modernity has failed us," and it sounds a lot like maternity, which is not what this is talking about. <laughs> as in you know modernity as in modern modern things i'm assuming right. is what he means 
so uh, Starburns from Community, <laughs> yeah, yeah, is is played by the writer, producer, actor Dino Stamatopoulos, and he has been noted as saying that humanity fell with the invention of dessert, meaning. <laughs> with, okay. Meaning that, you know, oh, we're we're full. We just want a little bit more. We want a little bit extra. We want just something sweet to end the meal with. Yeah. A, a little extra calories that we don't need. I, I don't really know where to go from that. I mean, it kind of speaks for itself. Does The idea of dessert is kind of the problem with, with modern humanity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's so funny. Like it's literally empty calories that we just want, but we don't need. It is just the overconsumption, whether that's media or food or information. Yeah, or... you got to keep consuming. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I love ice cream. I love macaroni and cheese. That's my favorite food. It, but <laughs> it doesn't really offer much other than mental stimulation. Right. Yeah, and it, it's it's just that, and we we do this on. Uh, any kind of uh, video streaming site where we have basically an unlimited amount that we can consume. And he actually has, he actually has a, a line in the song in the bridge where he says fossil fueling masturbation. And I always read that as fossil fueling just on its own. And then masturbation, he was just trying to rhyme some stuff, but he actually, in his annotation, he talks yeah, about that's not how, how I heard it. Yeah. Yeah, he talks about how fossil fuels are fueling masturbation. In other words, you can you know look at your device, you can look at porn on your device, and uh, that's coming basically the electricity somewhere is coming down the from, line yeah. from fossil fuel. You know, I, I thought that was genius, but it goes back to what you were saying about about consumption and being full but never being full. You know? Yeah. So the chorus, uh, I'd love it if we made it. This is very postmodern uh, because it's an emphasis on the community and not the individual. I'd love it if we made it, not I'm trying to make it on my own. I'd love it if we made it through this crazy world that we're living in today. I just thought that that was kind of a good juxtaposition. And then he also mentions, he also says, Jesus save us at the end of the second verse, I believe. And that's a, a pre-modern uh, view uh, worldview. So he's, am I maybe, is this a little bit of eisegesis? Am I reading into this what I want? Maybe, but it's still definitely viable interpretation wise to, to view it that way in terms of the different, uh, the different worldviews. Yeah. It could just be the struggle, the back and forth of the pre and post, you know, right. And then modernism being kind of sandwiched in the middle there. How, let me let's talk about this man and i don't know if you noticed this but this song in the second half of the second chorus there's a music change where he's still just singing i'd love it if we made it but it changes the the beat changes the meter changes the music brightens up and i cannot believe that they pulled off this instrumentation without changing any notes because I would the first couple of times I listened to the song wasn't really paying attention to, you know, key or, 
chord structure or anything like that. I was so sure that they had changed the chord structure at that part, but it just steady stays on the A and B. This is all instrumentation. The tonal shift is just the way that they implement the groove, which by the way, those guitars and stuff in there and the drum beat is so on that part of the chorus is so 1975 hmm. because up to that point, it's like, man, they're really, they're really branching out. This is so different from everything they've done up to this point. And then just to have that drop and the change in the chorus in that second half of the second chorus is just absolutely mind blowing to me. It's so satisfying because it comes like over halfway through the song and it, so for me as a good, as a big fan and a, and a, a hardcore listener to this band, it may, it makes me feel like I earned it. I earned that change hmm. where it's like, Oh, there's the, there's the 1975 I know. Um, and there's still tons of growth, not just with this song, but in this album as a whole, it's, it's probably my favorite of their records, but it's just so damn good. That change, man, go back and listen to it. If y'all didn't catch it, but the, I guess the reason why it was so important to me was because of how different this song is up to that point. And then of course it drops back into the, the same, um, the same instrumentation for the bridge and the, that final verse, man, I moved on her like a bitch. He's calling out, you know who. And, uh, he also, he also calls out Kanye in the third verse too. And he sounds angrier, uh, in this, in the, in the last verse, he's, he's yelling, especially that first line, he yells, yells, yells. And I really like the fact that they made the songwriting choice to keep that final course all brighter. It, it has that brighter feel for the entire last chorus. And I just think that's a great example of songwriting and song structure technique I, we, like I said, we could pick apart every single word mm -hmm. and line of this song for a long time, but I'm trying not to gush over it too much, but I, well, I just love the song. So one, you know, one final question I have is, you know, you mentioned that, how they kept that, that outro brighter. Do you think that they meant that to be hopeful? I'm kind of naive. Yeah. I yeah. And I, and I, had, I made a note mm, and I, and I did make a note about that hopeful aspect because I, I do think that this is a hopeful song. Uh, the, the verses don't feel like it, but the choruses do the choruses kind of direct the listener toward some hope that we can make it. It might be a pie in the sky idea, but it's still a good idea. It's still something to kind of hold on to and wrap your arms around and say, we can make this, we can make it happen. And just like we talked about in the praise and worship song, he's not giving any answers here, right? He's not, he's not calling us to action. He's not telling us what we can do. This song yeah. never, this song deals with a lot of stuff, a lot of social and cultural and political issues, but it doesn't preach at you. It never says we're in this position because of you or we're in this position because of whatever it's just, it starts in and you're already in it and you're already there. And he's just pointing out where we are and that refrain. I'd love it if we made it over and over again, there's hope there. 
And I don't know if he believes what he's singing. I would like to think he does. I do. I I believe what he's singing. Uh, I think he makes it pretty convincing, but I could definitely see people who think that this is a pie in the sky idea and it's not actually attainable to, to, to be able to make it past where we are. I mean, I think social media arguably has been a huge downfall. Social media and dessert are our biggest downfalls, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, but yeah, I, like I said, man, I love, I love this song because it did something different for them at the time. It just came at the right time for me as a fan. And you can definitely hear that if you go back and listen to their previous records, they're very much more almost pop oriented. I, some people yeah. hate, some people will try to fight if you call this band pop, but I don't see any problem with it. I think it's, uh, I think it's totally fine to call this, this, uh, the 1975, a pop band, but I, I get it. I well, guess pop means popular. So, right. But people were so hung up on, <laughs> what makes what makes something a, a pop band and it's got to fit in some kind of yeah. box of a genre and and this this band kind yeah, of people sub, get very legalistic that. about music genres which is oh, kind of infuriating man. oh yeah yeah <laughs> so, well, <laughs> well even even as a songwriter uh, it, it happens to me sometimes as a songwriter especially when i started really writing in earnest uh a, a few years ago I would write a song that was country. I would write a song that was folk. I would write a song that was like, I don't know, Pink Floyd experimental kind of prog rock. And I remember sitting on the porch one night after I had written another new song or at least started on another new song. And my brother and I were sitting on the porch smoking and and having a, a beer. And I said, man, I just don't know what genre I fit into. I don't know what my music is supposed to sound like. And my brother said, who cares? Yeah. Who cares what it sounds like, man? Just write whatever you want to write. And exactly. people can fight over that. You don't have to fight with yourself about that. You do what you want to do. So um, that I think that's kind of where, where the 1975 fits, kind of in between rock and indie and pop. And, and they, actually, they have some folksy stuff too, so that's fun. Yeah. Any final thoughts, any final words, whether it's about this song, your song, any song about life, what you got? Man, this is, <laughs> it's, it's just really intense. I, I, there's a lot going on here and, you know, I think that, um, ultimately I do think it's hopeful because the only way to fix a problem is to acknowledge it. The whole idea of mm. the, like the 12 step program, which I'm not familiar with really other than the idea but colloquially um environmentally it seems that the first step is acknowledging that there's a problem which is what this song seems to do which to me you said it doesn't seem preachy it kind of does seem a little preachy to me when i think about sermons that i've heard where they just complain about stuff (laughs) but yeah acknowledging the problem and in a in a interesting way as this song does to get people to think about how they consume media and how they right. live in the modern world and so yeah i that i guess that's my final thought is just the acknowledgement of issues that we're dealing with and 
maybe there is a call to action. It's an unspoken call to action of like, well, what are you going to do about it? Right. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. All right. Before we go, just want to give a shout out to our email address, praiseandbroshippodcast at gmail.com. That'll also be in the show notes. And if you want to send us anything, thoughts, comments, suggestions, you can send us song requests. Uh, just make sure you include those things in the subject line as well as Jesus or Jessica or mine or divine. We would love to hear from you guys. That's praise and worship podcasts at gmail.com until next week. We'll, we'll see and love on y'all. Then always remember to love your neighbor as yourself. Bye guys. Bye. Oh my god, my face hurts. Oh no 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 no!